Hello, my name is Tahir Kashif. Welcome to the brand new Anti-Pendulum Podcast. The podcast where we'll think, we'll laugh, we'll shoot the breeze. And so without further ado, let's get into it. But first, before we begin, this podcast is sponsored by absolutely no one. Today's topic is I'm going to discuss an important lesson I learned from getting laid off. And then we'll add some levity with a segment that I call Florida Man versus the World. So in keeping with the theme of introducing myself, I'm a massive introvert. So much so that if you talk to my close friends and family, they'll be genuinely shocked that I was even considering doing a podcast. But I'm doing this because, for one, it's cathartic to talk about things I think about all day. And two... One of my goals is to bring nuance to public discourse that seems to be missing nowadays. And not for the sake of appeasement, but for the sake of honoring objectivity. But I digress. Like I mentioned earlier, I learned an important lesson from getting laid off from a job. And this was about three years ago. I worked at a trucking terminal. I worked on the dock as a forklift driver. And the company that I worked for, we transported all kinds of freight, like uh, tractors, um, you know, big boxes, just like pretty much we had a wide variety of freight. And like I said, I worked on the dock driving a forklift. For this company, I worked both the morning shift and the afternoon shift. So I would get up at three in the morning be there at five and work until about 10. Then for my afternoon shift, I would typically start at 2.30 and work until whenever we finished, which was usually about eight o'clock, you know, Monday through Friday. And sometimes the work got really hectic. We got really busy having to transport, you know, large quantities of freight in trailers. And, you know, I don't mind putting in a hard day's work. You know, I'm happy to do it. But at the same time, I need to mention that I've always loved to write. That I've loved to draw. And my goal was to publish a series of books that I've been working on. So in between my shift, my, my morning shift and my afternoon shift, I would take a nap and I would write. And I would come up with ideas, storylines, characters, thus forth and so And I was there for about five years in total. And so one day, before I started my afternoon shift, I was called into the office. It was myself, my dad that worked there, a guy by the name of Mike. There's always a Mike, isn't there? In every single workplace, there's always a Mike. There was the office girl and the afternoon manager and the daytime manager. So the terminal manager called us into the office and he said, effective immediately, the company was out of business. And I was completely blindsided by the news. So we were given time to say goodbye to everyone and to gather our things. Like for context, there were guys still making their deliveries before they heard the news. They were called back and given the news that the company was out of business effective immediately. And uh, there, 
there was a good mix of people who were like dejected, blindsided, and you know, some people made uh, quite the spectacle upon learning they've been laid off. And I can't blame them for it. It's just, uh, you know, something that that gave the whole situation a little bit of humor. But I distinctly remember the first day after getting laid off. And it was a day where we were supposed to work too. Or that uh, we would have worked. Because we got laid off on a Thursday. And I distinctly remember this. And the first day I woke up. And for the first time in a long time, I got to sleep in. And I should have felt sad, but I didn't. And instead, I woke up with the feeling that a ton of weight had been lifted off my shoulders. So for a little more context, uh, I was among the best at what I did. I was able to pack trailers. I was able to pack a lot of things into trailers. Um, so my, my job consisted of, you know, loading freight that would travel between cities. Like we would go from our city to Rock Island or uh, Chicago or whatever. And we had to fit a lot of, we had to fit as much as we could into one trailer. You know, as long as it, it didn't exceed 40,000 pounds. So I was the best at it. I was the best at packing a trailer for, uh, you know, city to city transport. But, and the job got hectic once in a while. I found myself oftentimes stressed out and, you know, hating my job and wanting, and all the while I was working on my books and I was working to put them out there and I was working to complete them. And this whole time, yeah, the whole time I was uh, simultaneously stressed out by my job. But as I said before, I woke up the day after getting laid off and it felt like a ton of weight had been lifted off my shoulders. So me, I'm always been good at putting things in perspective. I reasoned that I no longer had to feel the stress and pressure of that job. You know, I had time to write. Uh, you know, in that job, everyone there, all the truckers were older than me. And a lot of them get so stressed over something that happened at work and I had fallen into the same trap. But getting laid off made me realize that all that stress and pressure was suddenly meaningless. That combined with the fact that I loved to write and I had so many ideas for stories, it, it made me have a very specific realization. The realization was that I should pursue my dreams. I wanted to write books. I wanted to write comics. I wanted to express myself. And don't get me wrong. I know the importance of having a job. Like, I think it's important to have a job. I'm not, uh, I'm not a fucking hippie who's saying that you should just like not work at all and you know, all that other nonsense, you know. But the thing I want to convey here is that you know you should have a job to pay the bills. You should be working towards your dreams. And it's a simple lesson, but. I see so many people at my job even now 
who gets so stressed out over circumstances at work or someone else at work that that they they lose sight of what's important. I choose to view work now as a stepping stone. You know, I can pay the bills in the meantime, but at the same time, I'm working towards my dreams. You know, getting laid off made me realize that treating work like the end-all be-all is a mistake. And in, in going back to the idea that a lot of the truckers were older than me, you know, sometimes they would come and tell me that, you know, they wish they had pursued their dreams when they were younger. And now that they were older, they felt like it was too late. Little did they know I was already pursuing my dreams. The point is, you know, you only get one life. And if you're the creative type, you should be pursuing your passion. And getting laid off from the job that I had was the way I learned that lesson. And so it was that line of thinking that got me to do this podcast and to pursue my other creative passions. But, you know, enough of the uh, enough of the life lessons. Let's let's switch it up and add some levity here. I mentioned before that I had this segment called Florida Man versus the World, and I have a few of these on my YouTube channel of the same name, the Anti Pendulum. You know, shameless plug. You know, Florida has a lot of weird stories. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard the Florida Man Challenge. You type the words Florida Man followed by your birthday, and you get an insane story from Florida from that day. So, my series takes weird news from Florida and compares it to weird news from the rest of the world to see how weird Florida is in comparison. And this is no shade to Florida at all. It's all in good fun. And the rules are we take two news articles from the same day, one from Florida and one from anywhere else in the world, and we compare them to see which is weirder. So for instance, we'll pick a random date. So we came up with December 16th. So. Let's start with uh, some weird news out of Delaware. And this article reads, Police in Delaware say a man who robbed a Wilmington bank on Saturday didn't keep the cash for long. After fleeing the Wells Fargo branch, he paused to make a deposit in the ATM outside. (laughs) Police say... McRoberts Williams, a 44 California resident, handed the note to a teller Saturday morning saying a robbery was taking place, WBZ reports. The 25-year-old woman gave him an undisclosed amount of cash. Williams fled on foot and made the deposit in a machine on the exterior of the building. Wow. Delaware State Police said, Officers responding to the scene found him behind a nearby shopping center and took him into custody without incident. He was charged with secondary robbery, a felony, with a bond set at $6,000. <laughs> My God, this stupid man. I wish that you could see his mugshot because this guy looks as though he's coming to grips with his own stupidity. 
<laughs> like how my goodness like words actually fail me I'm supposed to talk in this podcast and words fail me for how stupid this is <laughs> you know what I might do I might clip out this segment and put it on YouTube just <laughs> wow okay so let's see what happened in Florida on December 16th Florida man a 23 year old in Port St. Lucie made a bid for Florida man of the year when he tried to pay for his McDonald's order with a bag of weed according to ABC News Anthony Andrew Gallagher attempted to make the trade early on the morning of December 16th, offering the weed to drive the window. <laughs> when the cashier declined his offer, Gallagher drove off. Apparently, the police were called over the incident and they arrived at McDonald's to question the worker. While the police were still on site, Gallagher attempted to go through the drive-thru again and was arrested. He was charged with marijuana possession and driving under the influence. (laughs) Oh, this last part. Oh my goodness. The failed transaction is far from the weirdest thing to happen in Mickey D's drive-thru lane. A Michigan man was busted in 2014 for masturbating in the drive-thru on more than one occasion. What the hell? Oh, wow. God, man. Oh, that... I I could have done without that last paragraph. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah. As to which story is weirder, I would have to say... I'd have to say the guy paying for... Yeah, no, I'll have to say the guy robbing the bank is a stupid criminal. How dumb do you have to be to rob some place and then try to deposit in the money? You try to deposit the money in the place you just robbed the money from. Like, what? Like, you're. Yeah, I I really wish people could see this dude's mugshot. I think I will. I will. I will put this segment, this segment of Florida Man versus the World on YouTube. You know. So, I wasn't going to talk about this, since everyone's talked about it already, joked about it, memed about it. Memed, is that a verb? Meme? Whatever. But, I want to talk about this. I want to talk, I want to beat this dead horse too. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. Now, being someone who's not in a celebrity culture, like, at all, I was initially going to ignore this, but the conversations that came out of this are genuinely interesting. I've heard this turned into conversations about masculinity, power, and class, and I've even heard people who are defending Will Smith's actions. What I wanted to do is briefly touch on the conversations around the incident. First, the power and class thing. If the average guy did it, that's assault. Maybe that turns into a fight or worse, but once you attain a certain status, you get to play by a different set of rules. But to say that I think is obvious, especially if you follow politics or 
uh, professional sports, when a professional athlete gets in trouble, you know, they get a high-end lawyer and they get a, a slap on the wrist. That leads me to the second point about people defending Will Smith. To me, this was easily the most shocking element that came out of this because it's reprehensible. Think about it. The people who are defending Will Smith are saying assault is okay if your feelings are hurt. No, that's not okay. I've heard people say, you know, that's how a man should defend his woman. But baked into that statement is pure delusion. Because, for one, your man is not Will Smith and will probably get arrested if he does something like that. Two, you know, I don't believe in going around starting fights because you never know who has a gun or, you know, who knows what. It could be a martial artist or who has what. You know, your feelings, you know, number three, your, your feelings are not special. Your feelings are valid, but they're not special. Before, there are better ways of, of handling being offended. You know, you can talk it out. You know, just some crazy idea at the top of my head. If you, if you genuinely think that that is how a man should defend his woman, you know, let's, let's go through that scenario in real life. Someone makes a joke about your wife, right? You go up and slaps the guy. You know, your man goes up and slaps the guy. He gets arrested. Like, if that doesn't turn into a fight and your man doesn't get hurt in that fight, well, the police are going to come. They're going to arrest, you know, the guy because he felt obligated to defend your honor by assaulting someone else. You know, I don't know what the penalty for assault is. I don't know how long a jail sentence that is. But what, like every time, you know, your feelings get hurt, you know, a man is supposed to defend his woman's honor and go to jail for like, what, a few years? Yeah, think, think about how stupid that is. Think about the, the absolutely insane world we would live in if that were the case. Just lunacy. Just absurd the way some people think. But lastly, there's the conversation around masculinity. And... Ever since Jada had Will on the red table and she admitted to cheating, Will Smith had been getting dogged pretty relentlessly by the Manosphere. And on the night of the Oscars, he initially laughed at the joke. Then when he saw Jada was upset, he felt like he needed to act. The bad thing is, you know, if you're Will Smith, you know, other than the fact you committed an assault and the fact that you probably killed your image in one action, is the fact that you have to live up to what other people think of you which is its own sort of trap. Now, while I think there's an argument to be made about the importance of masculinity, this right here was not masculine behavior. This was someone who felt the pressure of having to live up to what he thought masculine behavior was. He acted that way because he thought he had to live up to a certain standard. His identity had become a trap for him at the moment and the outcome was really ugly. And then to... to fu- <laughs> Stumbled up my words there. Then to to publicly assault someone and then give a speech about being a vessel for love, it's a joke. It's a joke. 
But anyway, I didn't want to delve too deeply into it. So what do you think of our podcast today? If you like what you heard today, I can be found on Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube. The Anti-Pendulum, Tahir Kashif. That's my name. Uh, so stay tuned, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Until next time, all the best. Peace.